is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Bran. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, and I love Christmas movies. I'm Alonzo, and I will take my Christmas kicks wherever I can get them. And this is an Act Mark podcast. Yes, it is. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Deck the Hallmark. It's a Monday, a brand new week of Deck the Hallmark content for you. And I think we got a good one. I think we got a good week of stuff Excellent. for the people out there. Um, but the only right way, the good and right way to start things off is with Christmas and is with me and Alonzo talking about Christmas. And I can't wait for it. Alonzo, happy Monday to you. Happy Monday. Yes. No, nothing says the Easter season like Christmas movies. That's exactly right. Now, it's very exciting. This is the last Monday of April, wow. and we are just chugging right along, which means, Alonzo, that after this week, we only have two more months of this oh, in this God. context. Yes. Christmas in July is right around the corner. Right around the corner. This year's been flying by. Mm. Um, Alonzo, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've been um, you've been getting back to the theaters. I have been, yeah. Um, you know, after a, a very spotty record of you know, like pretty much 2020, no, like right. you know, after about March, and then you know, uh, 2021 was a series of false starts. It was like, oh yay, vaccinations. Went to the back to the movies. Delta didn't. Then you know. Oh, uh, booster. Okay, back to the theaters and uh, Omicron. Um, and then somewhere around the, you know, Marchish, I guess, of this year was finally like, okay, maybe. I, uh, so, you know, I, I'm not nearly as trusting as I have been in the past, but I am uh, giving it my best shot, keeping my N95 on, trying to like not have to eat or drink while I'm in the theater. And uh, yeah, yeah, both press screenings and like buying tickets to stuff. But, you know, ideally, if I'm going to buy tickets to stuff, I want to go on like a weekday matinee where no one's going to be there and I don't have to sit near anybody. But uh, but yeah, I just, this is the world now and I'm just going to make it work. You went and saw the important movies like X, the things that you got <laughs> you to you see in the theaters. Well, you know, the breakfast all day audience really wanted us to review it. And of course, really? li literally minutes after I bought my ticket, they said, oh, hey, it's going to be streaming in three days. <laughs> I was like, Okay. <laughs> are, you, but, you know. are you someone though that like, if given the chance, you'd rather see it on the big screen? Or is it not at this point? Does oh, it not matter to you? I mean, you know, I maybe I might take it on a title by title basis, but overall, I would say sure. Given the option, of course, I want to see it in a the theater. Of course, I want to see it where you know the lights are down and 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 it's silent and everyone has turned their phone off and you know you can really kind of lose yourself in a in a movie, but um. You know, I've gotten pretty good at watching stuff at home because I was doing that before, even before right. the pandemic, like between whether I was watching stuff for film festivals or just like smaller indie movies that couldn't afford to like rent a theater and have a press screening. They would just send you a link, you know. So, you know, I, I, I can I can give a movie my full attention and, and, and take it for what it is, even if I'm seeing it small. But, yeah, all things being equal, would love to. Are, have you been? Are, are you going back to the yeah, theater? Yeah, I've been back. Uh, and it's really nice. I, I have such a hard time. I don't know what it is. Like, it's just a hurdle in my mind. When mm. I know that a movie has been in the theaters, 
I have such a hard time just watching it at home. Like, really? it's the reason why I still haven't seen West Side Story. Like, I huh. didn't get to see it in the theaters, and I just, I, I can't. I just have because you know it was designed for yes. the and okay. and it's not like it's not totally fair to anybody because I know there's movies that are going straight to streaming now that like I'll watch because it's on Netflix. But like so like uh, what was it Project Adam? Is that the Adam the, Project? Yeah. Adam Project. Like I watched that movie and the whole time I'm just like should have been in the theaters. Like <laughs> I, I just I get I I just keep getting frustrated. So. I, I love the theater so much that I have a really tough time and it's almost like a, a like it's my superpower that I just love the theater so much but it's also the worst thing about me because it, it drives my wife nuts she's like let's just watch this like I can't do it babe sorry you can't do it without me I just like can't get over well, I mean unfortunately back in the in ye olden times before there was like VCRs and cable TV it was not uncommon that most you know, medium to big sized cities had repertory theaters. And so they would show not just like old movies, like, oh, let's go see Casablanca, but like movies from like a year or two earlier and bring them back for another look and another chance to see them on the big screen. And so I hear you. I, I, I definitely, given the choice, given my druthers, want to see it projected. But at the same time, if the choice is, you know, watching it at home or not watching it at all. I'm going to watch it at home because I still want to have the experience. You know, are you are you taking your kids to movies yet? Or there hasn't really been anything out for them. We went and okay. saw. I sh I I. This will, we'll get there in just a second. But uh, yeah, there hasn't really been anything for them that I've been like, yes, this is a good for a four year old. You so, weren't camping out for Sonic Two tickets or anything. No, I don't think you would appreciate. <laughs> um, <laughs> everything that it is. Um, but that does bring us to today, Alonso. Okay. Today we are watching the Polar Express. I've waited long enough. Okay. And I knew I this think, day was coming. I think it's time. <laughs> the last time that I brought my kid to the theater um, was to watch the Polar Express around Christmas time. It came, okay. They brought it back and I was like, this is going to be great because he, he does like this movie and we can go in the big screen and it'll be wonderful. And we had popcorn and it was a delight. And uh, I actually love when they bring movies back and they put in the th like, I just think it's so much fun. Uh, sure. But Polar Express, the, I, have, I feel like everyone knows where I stand on this movie at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I am ready. I think I'm in a place where I can have a conversation about it. Okay. And I would like for you to rewatch it with an open mind and with like your, your best, like, I don't know, brand shoes. Like, just. <laughs> <laughs> Try to get in my space, see what I see. What are my brand shoes? Are they like Orlando Magic kicks or what are we talking? Yeah, there? they are. It's just the shoes that you wear that make you go, this must be how brand sees the world. They they, they, they curl up and have a little bell. Yeah, that's them. exactly right. They're elf shoes. Uh, yeah. I want you to, to try to see what I see. I will, I will do my best. Look past... The creepy animation. <laughs> that's that's a that's a tall order. But, uh, Maybe just listen to this movie. Don't watch it. <laughs> Maybe it'll the be a book one tape of the originals. Uh, yes. Uh, all right. All right. For you. Thank and you. For few others. For you, I will watch this movie again. It's gonna be great. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back and we'll talk about the Polar Express here on Deck the Homer. We have gotten on the Polar Express. 
made our journey to the North Pole and we're back home ready to talk about it. I'm 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 out of I'm at a loss for how excited I am. Uh whatever like a really good word is for it. Um uh is uh you're, you're bubbling over. Bubbling over. We're gonna have a real bubbly sesh. What? <laughs> um this movie premiered originally at the Chicago International Film Festival. Mm-hmm. You ever been? I've never been to that one, no. Is it still a thing? Never even heard oh, of it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's one of the older ones in the in the US, actually. Sif. <laughs> Not a good Kif. Uh, actually, it's, uh, yeah, Kif maybe because Sif is what people call the Seattle International Film Festival. Fair, yeah, this is a Kif. This is a Kif situation. Uh, it yeah. premiered October thirteenth, two thousand four, and then uh, a month later uh, to everybody else, November tenth, two thousand four, and it went a little something like this. I want to introduce you uh, to to just a boy. Uh, we don't need to give him a name. It doesn't matter what his name is, but he is a boy. And uh, it's Christmas Eve, and he's at a real loss because he's starting to not believe in Santa Claus anymore. This is what we would call a crucial year. What happens this year will change the course of his life forever. And that is why the Polar Express gets involved. For some reason, you know, the, the process is unknown, but they, the Polar Express, Santa, the North Pole, chose this boy to be picked up by the Polar Express to go to the North Pole, uh, along with other children, most of which don't have a name. <laughs> and um, on the way, they get into some shenanigans, you know, like running on top of the train, you know, the ice cracking and having to go back and forth. But they make it, and that's the important thing. They make it to the North Pole, but then more shenanigans happen. They start poking around in places they shouldn't be poking around. And they end up getting in the gift gift sack, Santa sack, and uh, going up, and then they come down, and it's a whole thing. And ultimately, Santa comes out for the big reveal of Santa Claus, and the elves are just losing their freaking minds. I mean, I know they probably see this guy on a regular basis, but it's Christmas Eve, y'all. Santa's here. Let's- I think it, anybody who's had to go to like an all-employee meeting knows how to fake that enthusiasm for the ball. <laughs> I mean, Buble's plague. I don't know what you want me to do. And um, but but boy, who um, you know is trying to decide if he believes in Santa Claus or not, is like he can't see. The elves are like stacked on top of each other. He can't get a good angle. And then one of the other kids looks at him and says, "Aren't those bells beautiful?" And he's like, "I can't hear the bells." And that's when he realizes that something horribly wrong is going on with him. And that thing that's horribly wrong is. He doesn't believe. He doesn't have faith in Santa, therefore can't hear bells. And so a bell comes flying at him in slow motion. He grabs the bell and he says, I believe. I believe. And suddenly he can hear he can hear the ringing of the bell all before seeing Santa Claus. Yes. And then once he begins to hear the bell, Santa Claus comes up. He's able to see Santa face to face. He then uh, is given the opportunity to get the first gift of Christmas, which is a big to-do there in the North Pole. He um, whispers this to Santa that he wants the bell to remember this whole thing by. Puts it in his pocket. Uh-oh, there's a hole in his pocket from the beginning of the movie. Can you believe this stuff? Can you believe this stuff? Can you believe this? Well, who, who would have thought that the director of Back to the Future would be setting things up at the beginning of the movie that would matter later in the, at the end of the movie? 
So true. Um, and so he gets on the train. All the kids are like, let's see the bell. Bell's not there. He's real bummed. Uh, he gets dropped bo- dropped off back at his house. He wakes up the next morning and uh, he goes down and Christmas is there. He's very excited and he gets some things that he's looking for. But then he looks, he sees a little box. He opens up that box and what's there? It's a bell. He can hear the bell. His sister can hear the bell. His parents can't hear the bell. Gets into some questions. We don't need to talk about it right now. And um, he's, you know, he's very excited about this. He believes in Santa now. And he says that he forever could hear the bell despite other people not being able to hear the bell. And that, my friends, was the Polar Express. And there's hot chocolate. I wouldn't leave it out. You can't leave out the hot chocolate. (laughs) Oh, 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 you got it. Um, All right, let's talk about this movie, Alonzo. Um, I have been long ridiculed by the likes of you and Dan for how much I adore this movie, the fact that I watch it on Christmas Eve and all that stuff. But I'll allow you now that you've rewatched it through the... Mm. I asked you to just go into it trying to see what I see. And so I now ask you, how did that go? <laughs> I, I guess I get what it is that you get out of. This okay, movie. that's not bad. I'll take that. And I mean, did you were you were you twelve when you saw it when it came out, or did uh, you yeah, catch I was, it later? No, I was a kiddo. Yeah. Okay, so this still falls in the umbrella of was it great or, or were you eight? Um, this movie, Bran. God, this movie is first of all. <laughs> I love the Chris von Alsberg book that it's based on. It's very sweet. It's a lovely little children's book that runs about like, you know, 30, 40 pages as children's books do and was never intended to be stretched into a full length feature film. Like, I think you could have made a really lovely half hour TV special out of it the way that, you know, the Grinch became one. Like, you know, it's just that that's, that's enough story and that's enough, you know, stuff that, that happens in the in the story to, to make that work. As a movie, I was reminded that Robert Zemeckis was the guy who thought that A Christmas Carol is all well and good, but it really needed more carriage chases. Um, there is so much like shenanigans, as you call it in this movie, so much like trying to grab things that are flown out the window or run across the top of the train or stopping the train or starting the train or falling in the bag or figuring out. It's like this, none of it needs to be there. None of it adds anything except like we had to kill time because otherwise we have 20 minutes of story about a kid who goes to the North Pole, believes in Santa and comes home. <laughs> so that's just like, that just all feels super stretched out and padded. The animation is horrible, not just the famously dead-eyed children who are the stuff of nightmares, but also even just the way that, like, objects are depicted, I think is often really ugly. And part of that is just that, like, obviously, you know, CG animation has improved by leaps and bounds in the, you know, almost 20 years since this movie came out. But I was stunned at how cruddy it looked like in so many ways that that i had kind of forgotten wasn't this Um, like groundbreaking at the time like because it was motion capture motion capture yeah it's very new at the time and they're got they've gotten a lot better about the eyes not being so like completely dead you know like you look at 
like, like when you see a Marvel movie and they show you a character suddenly being 20 years younger, they're probably using a similar kind of technology as this. And it, it's, you know, it still has room for improvement, but it's better. This is firmly in what we call the uncanny valley. I don't know. Do you know this expression? No. So the idea is that you can have like a photograph of a boy and you look at that and you go, okay, that is a, that is a human boy. And then you can have like a stick figure drawing of a boy's face and be like, okay, that is a drawing of a boy. The uncanny valley is when you get so close to the real thing, but you fall just short enough that all you see is all the ways where it doesn't work, sure. where it isn't a real boy, sure. and it's disconcerting. This movie lives in the uncanny valley. Everything is just you just you're always looking at it and thinking, I know what that's supposed to be. I know what this is supposed to look like, but it just looks creepy. I did not know, however, did you know who the young who the, 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 the motion capture model for the lead boy is? For the lead boy? Yeah. No. Josh Hutcherson. I thought Josh Hutcherson was the one for Billy, the the other kid. No 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 no. He's he was the one for the main kid. Uh, according to Wikipedia, which I, I was news to me. This is before he was like in Hunger Games and right. stuff. So, yeah, pre, so pre PETA. I, Pre-Peter, exactly. Um, so yeah, I just I find this movie off-putting to look at. I could see where. Did you by chance when you saw it as a kid or subsequently? Have you ever seen this in three D? No, uh, I haven't actually uh, because I don't like three D. Like it hurts me. But yeah, generally I don't. But there's about three or four sequences of like train, train, train going over. Like it'd be a dope like uh, yeah uh, roller like coaster in real life or yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can see the whole the theme parkiness of that part. So like I could see where that would be like really cool in 3D. And like I like the message of this movie. Even as an atheist, I'm okay with movies that are about, you know, believing in Santa Claus even when you can't see him and, and all that sort of thing. But um oh here's the other thing that bugs me. The score. <laughs> what? All right. Every time the movie wants you to feel something, they unpack it's a great score they but here's the thing they give you that 10 notes and yeah. then they just go back to like generic fill-in music like it never that score that 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 10 notes the the thing that you leave the theater stuck in your mind never builds to anything they just keep unpacking it over and over again and it doesn't it doesn't like create it, it they, there's not a score it's like it's literally 10 notes and then just surrounded by like noodling it's it, it i was uh, i was amazed because i thought with the first time they brought it out like oh yeah i remember this this is the score i keep hearing it over the years it's become anthemic but it's those 10 notes and then just a bunch of nothing i was uh, and i'm sorry there is no excuse for elf aerosmith that is just that's horrifying that's accurate. horrifying yeah, that wasn't um, what we needed. No, not at all. So, yeah, I, I, I just I, I think this movie is kind of hideous, but I see where if you see it as a kid and you and you are, you know, and, and that animation is something that's kind of new and you're just sort of taking it at, at face value, if you will, um, that it would be <laughs> like, you know, yeah, because it does it does pack in the snow and the elves and the Santa-ness of it all and the vintage railroad and all that kind of stuff. So I see what the appeal is. I see why you like it. I still think you're wrong to like it because it's bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I love you, Bran. <laughs> thank you. Um, so I want to say a few things here. 
one, as someone who saw this as a kid, I actually didn't really realize how bad the animation was until someone pointed <laughs> out to me. Like, I'm just blind to the fact that it was bad. Sure. So the animation is very bad, and there's uh, all there's all sorts of record on that being bad. So I don't need to dive into that. Um, I think the thing that's changed for me over the years is having children, mm-hmm. because this movie becomes terrifying when you have children. The thought of a train showing up outside of your house and your child getting on the train. <laughs> It's it's terrifying. Yeah, and so if you see a a van in your neighborhood with the Polar Express painter (laughs) on the side, like alert the authorities immediately. It's like I'm watching this with my four year old, and I'm like, buddy, don't do this. I know this is really fun. Just don't do this. Don't get on the train. Don't get on the train. And uh, there's so much about it that's bad. There's just random kids, random children, all thrown on a cart, no adult supervision sugared up on ice no bathrooms on that train not that i can tell not that i can tell going up on there going out the the ice is breaking this is a disaster uh as a parent like it's like not only we're putting children on a train but we're like their lives are at risk constantly it's like thanks santa this is (laughs) but at least so you have so many questions you're left with so many questions such as did this actually happen like did it because the next day christmas morning he wakes up and he pull like he pulls the robe the robe's unripped but he's he explicitly tells billy who i could have sworn was the youngest kid from malcolm in the middle like i thought maybe he had come (laughs) in to be the model it's not it's just coincidentally that it looks like him um he tells him this is not a dream this is really happening and then the gift from santa sort of confirms it but but yeah it does kind of it does kind of you know put both sides against the middle yeah you know i love this movie for what it for what it is it makes me it's a to me I'm down. I'm down with it. I I am. I'm a, abundantly cl- uh, aware that the animation's real, 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 real cruddy. That it's very padded. It's a- that's accurate. That's accurate. Here's the the tough thing is like even like for me the whole train ride works. The stuff from the North Pole when they get off the train, go through the North Pole, and then get to Santa. That all for me has always been like, well, why do we got to do this whole thing? Like, let's just get to Santa. <laughs> so, yeah. like, but the train stuff to me is fun. Like, I love all the train stuff. It works. Um, I get it. I love it. I think it's a delight. <laughs> and um, that's my. Story. How does it? How does it play for your kids who are are exposed to more oh, up to date versions of animation? They love it. Yeah, they love it, and uh, they love you know they love the music. They love the hot chocolate song. Um, I mean, there's a reason uh, it is bad. Like we can't, I can't keep going back to there's a reason why this is on TV because so is Deck the Halls and so is movies that we've (laughs) talked about that should not be played every year. But I think this like is a really, there's not a lot of full, full length Christmas movies for the whole family. Like, like cartoon, like there's, you know, the Grinch and Arthur Christmas. Sure. Like the newest Grinch, I think, is good for kids. Yeah, like Arthur yeah, Christmas boy. works for kids. Like what other like long boys? Like there's a lot of great shorts. Like there's a lot of great 
cartoons, TV specials, TV specials yeah. and stuff like that. But full length feature film cartoons yeah, no. for the kids. So I think that that's why it keeps getting in the mix. And um, sure. I think, yeah, it, trains work for kids. Like they freaking love trains. Like there's sure. something about trains that just like work for every every child. And so there's a lot to this that I think works and why it gets played every single year and yeah. why, because I watched it when I was younger, it works for me. Uh, totally understood. I get all of that. And, and again, I think the book still holds up. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, if it, if it, if it, if it steers people to the book, then so much the better. But, you know, I just, I can, I can sense this idea of like, Ooh, we got, we got to, we have to add more stuff to happen. You know, even if it, even then it's not even like it all accumulates to anything. It's just there to throw in some like, you know, peril and, 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 you know, tension and stakes that is, that are immediately dissipated once whatever the current problem is, is solved, you know? Yeah. This is a movie that I think I would like to see redone, but in live action. And, um, mm. because like, even if you do like some of the like similar bits, like with the ice cracking, like, uh, you know, there's like there's a good a good enough special effects to make that still work in sure in live I mean, action the, the, the idea of what constitutes a live action movie now is so wobbly anyway like people talk lion about king. Oh, exactly the live action lion king the, the, the live action the yeah the tree's real <laughs> literally maybe, it, it maybe. baby literally all they did is they just took scenes from like the stuff they already have for disney nature and they're like let's throw a lion on it that's all they did basically so i think yeah. you know i think that you could do that like i would like to see it redone sure because i With think i think there's good bones here i think there's i i think I agree with what you're saying. There's a lot of padding and it would have been this version would have been better as a short, as like a 30 minute uh, fun time. Yeah. And it's not like you can't take a kid's book and expand it out. Like that was one of the, for me, one of the things I like most about the Grinch, the recent animated one that you yeah. talked about, because I think one of the problems with the one you're going to subject me to at some point, the Ron Howard version, that one also feels like, Oh, backstory. We got to stretch this thing out. And <laughs> I felt like the 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 the, the uh, illumination version yeah. kind of organically figured out a way to turn this into you know a long form yeah, uh, really story. Good. Really good. Yeah. So I mean, it it's a runaway train movie. Like, there's stuff you can do <laughs> to make it still fun. I, I, so I, I I would enjoy seeing that. Um, as while we're in the business of remaking movies, because that's sure. all we do nowadays, Indeed, I, I would, I would uh, enjoy, I would take one of those. I would and it would be great to have a new version without the whole Eddie Deason of it all, who yeah. is, you know, like the the last time you picked a movie had Kevin Spacey, and this time Eddie Deason, like the the the, the turn of the millennium films of there's <laughs> just one person after another who's like messing it all up for everybody. Yeah, because no one ever did anything in the fifties. It was all no, above. It was no. all above board. <laughs> Um, let's do Christmas feels. Let's talk about what this movie does for us when it comes to the feels and the Christmas time and all that stuff. Where would you put this on the, the, the ranking? I mean, you know, uh, again, I think you get a lot of the trappings. You get a very grand North pole with a big tree and Santa's sleigh and the reindeer. 
you know, it's funny, like the Santa in these movies is always like so, so, so jolly and so, so kind. And then out comes that whip, you know, <laughs> I've always thought that this Santa is just like sad. He's just a sad, like he's sad. He's not very he's, jolly. He's kind of stern. This yeah. one. Yeah. Granted. Um, but, you know, like feeling wise, it doesn't it doesn't give me those sort of like holiday movie warm and fuzzies that I that I like. But again, like, you know, I'm this movie doesn't work for me in a lot of ways. And that's probably why I'm sure for you, you get a, a, an annual dose of that, you know, that, that you would watch these movies for. So I'm a little lower on it. I'm probably more like a five and a half, but I totally get that you're going to be higher. Yeah, I'm like an eight or nine. Like this is a okay. this is a Christmas movie. It's all about the Christmas. And so there's lots of it to go around. Um, yeah, Santa needs to take a chill pill, though. Like, <laughs> that whip is intense. <laughs> Huge. And, like, those poor, like, I, I am of the firm belief that Santa's sack is not that. Like, what they, how they do it in Tim Allen's Santa Claus is how it works. Like, it is yes. a bag that gets replenished house to it's house. Like, what is it? The room of requirement in the Harry Potter it's, movies. Yeah, it's, it's like, you open it and the thing you need is there. It's like, yeah, sure. Santa's magic, but we can't like the bag. It's gotta be full. Like there's nothing that, no, no, those poor reindeer can't handle that. That's a lot. They're yeah, struggling to get up and Santa's like, no, go, go. They even, they even give like the younger sister that line at the beginning of the movie that like, you know, the slave would be is the size of an ocean liner to carry all those toys. And then you think, okay, well, we're going to work around that somehow by making the bag. But no, no, no. It's just gonna be one, one big ass bag on that sleigh. That's and right. Go for it. That's all there is to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty of Christmas feels for me and also Tom Hanks feels uh, if you have ever been in your uh, life and you've been like man I need like a, a whole heap and pile of Tom Hanks <laughs> this movie's for you this movie's You're, for you no shortage of Tom he Hanks he just does sure. it all in this one and I hope that he got paid handsomely for it one would hope. <laughs> one would hope. Because he needs more money. He doesn't have enough. I, yeah, I, I don't know if his agent really knew it, knew to ask for more money, but I, I suspect maybe that conversation yeah. was had. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it did. <laughs> um, what would you compare it to? What's a movie that if you maybe didn't like it because of the animation is something that you could uh, go for? Well, one of my recommendations is actually the movie that we're doing next episode. So I'll oh. hold off on that one. Okay. But uh, I would also recommend um, The Christmas Chronicles 2. Yeah, I can the see second that. of the Kurt Russell Netflix movies, because that one's more North Pole centric. And um, I think it really it, it it gives you this idea of this place that is both sort of magically Christmassy, but also a working functioning, you know, toy workshop and warehouse and, you know, uh, um, distribution center, you know, all the things that that the North Pole has to be. Uh, and I think it captures it pretty well. There's a solid Thomas DeTrain uh, Christmas special that was on Netflix for a while. I don't okay. know if it's still on there. But uh, if you have kids that are really into trains, it's a good one, too. It was like a standalone thing, so you don't have to, like, hunt through the seasons. Gotcha. Like, you know, a thousand seasons of Thomas <laughs> DeTrain. Tank engine, yeah. Yeah. One, yeah, one of my nephews was obsessed with Thomas when he was a really little kid. Yeah. And it, it was, There's it was something about funny. trains that are just mesmerizing to, to children. Yeah, well, it's you know they're like they're like big construction equipment, but they go places. <laughs> where, where, are they, where are they going? What are they up to? No, pipe down, child. I don't have the schedule in front of me. 
gosh. All right. You mentioned next week's movie, so I will uh, give you the floor. I'll take off my headphones and you can let me know when, uh, when I can come back. So this is another movie about Santa Claus and the North Pole, but it's pretty bizarre, but in a pretty great way. Um, you might have seen it on Mystery Science Theater 3000. I have come around over the years to actually enjoying it unironically. It's the 1959 Mexican Santa Claus. You did it? Great. Yeah. I can't wait. Well, I'm going to leave now. And um, next time you see me, you can tell me what we're going to watch, and I will go watch it. I'm very excited. I, I look forward to our reunion. Uh, until, until next time, may I be the first to wish you a go get yourself some hot chocolate. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Deck the Hallmarks of Bramble Jam podcast. It's presented by Philo TV. It's produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in, yeah, that Greenville, South Carolina. Set decor is by Plum at Haywood Mall. For more information on Deck the Hallmark, you can go to deckthehallmark.com. For more information on Bramble Jam podcast network, you can go to bramblejampodcast.com. You're about to hear some ads that help keep the lights on here at the studio. Feel free to listen. Feel free to turn it off, whatever you want to. But either way, thanks so much for your support.